Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. We're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us. The BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Joe O'Donnell from the formerly of the Iowa Wild, now the radio voice of the Minnesota Wild. Want to catch up with Joe. They've got a special event coming up in the Twin Cities on the 1st of January, although the game is sold out. It's that winter classic game, the outdoor game. Target Field is the uh, scene for that one this year. Joe will be on the radio call. Get his take on the Olympics uh, being shut down and the NHL being shut down. And we'll do a little hockey with our friend Joe O'Donnell. Um the radio voice of the Minnesota Wild. Kenny White will be here. We'll head to Vegas, have him opine on some of the bowl games that are uh, coming up in the days ahead. In the 11 o'clock hour, Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to visit on a weekly basis with our friend David Kaplan. I'm sure we will have something to say about the Monday night debacle and the Bears going forward. Uh, we'll do that at 11.05. And then Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, about 11.30. The Chiefs, no COVID positive today, but they have a big game against the Steelers, trying to hold that one seed, and they uh, at least on the surface appear to be the COVID hotspot in the NFL uh, this week. We saw Week 15 come to a close yesterday. We saw Iowa State get a win and a cover. We saw Iowa get a win and a cover, uh, which was kind of remarkable with two huge point spreads Mm -hmm. like that. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm excited to Get going here. Christmas right around the corner. Still got that shopping to finish up this afternoon. Okay. That's what you're doing this closer. Yep. Yeah. Never get this thing done beforehand, but uh, away we go. And an interesting night, certainly, of basketball. Two tomato cans again in front of the opponents, but I I think plenty still to take away. And it's going to be coming into the season. We just didn't know how exciting it was going to be for the in-state teams. We mm-hmm. talked about maybe Drake and you and I having a better opportunity to <laughs> be NCAA tournament team yeah. than either of them. Drake was supposed to be in Vegas right now. They uh-huh. were getting ready to play at the South Point. You know, that's it's a, you know, it's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, a, a couple of things with Drake. It's too bad they can't go because mm-hmm. we both love the South Point. Yes. Huge fans uh, of the South Point. But Drake plays tonight at 5 o'clock against uh, Chicago State. Mm-hmm. And admission is free. And all they ask, free admission. If, you got, if you're looking for something to do, want to take the kids out, want to take yourself out, 5 o'clock free admission. All they ask is a, uh, what do they call them, a non-perishable food yep. item that uh, they will make sure that gets in the hands of uh, some of the Beaverdale um, charities. So uh, Drake, Nap Center, throwing the doors wide open. Come one, come all, and see Des Moines team at 5 o'clock tonight. How much Iowa and Iowa State did you watch last a lot, evening? A lot. What do you think my favorite part of the entire sports night was? Let's see how well you know me. <sighs> what was my favorite part of the sports night last night? I'm going to say, what, did the Jets play? No, they're done. <laughs> no. it was. Uh, it's one of the locals. One of the locals. It's Connor McCaffrey, and I just love this game. Uh-huh. When... That punk, and he is. That was a, that was a bush league move. Uh, when Toussaint's on the on the ground, um, I'm going to butcher his name. Is it Cleargo or Cleargot? Mm-hmm. Um, and he 
takes a forearm shiver and just clocks Toussaint right across the face. And Connor McCaffrey is away from the scrum by a few feet, but looking at it. And he saw it. And he saw his teammate on the ground getting an elbow into the chops, an incredibly dirty play. Connor McCaffrey pushes his brother Patrick out of the way, grabs Peyton Sanford, moves him out of the way, and he's going to handle things. Every team, I don't care what sport it is. I don't care if it's a non-contact sport. I don't care if you're playing slow-pitch softball. You need somebody on your team that gets the other team's attention. Mm-hmm. That, that, and, and this is exactly what Connor McCaffrey was. And his dad, Fran, we know who his dad is, Ken. It's Coach McCaffrey. Yeah. Coach McCaffrey having to get in the way of Connor because he knew if it didn't, it probably was going to escalate to a point that nobody wanted it to see. But I absolutely love Connor McCaffrey coming to the aid of his teammate who was just the victim of a terribly dirty play. There is a role for Connor on this Without team. Without a doubt. This skill nope. has not developed the way nope. people want it. And a lot of it, I'm convinced, is injuries. Absolutely. I, I think you can certainly play that card. You know, the, the crazy thing is, think of his freshman year. Remember how, what a great shooter he yes. was? As a free throw shooter. Mm-hmm. I think it was up 85, 90%, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's dissipated too. Mm-hmm. Can't shoot. Nope. Can't do that anymore. And with it, they're going to leave him open. But that enforcer, that kind of role yes. from what he did last year and going and playing basically a high post position with guards in the post and getting in the ball and just what a great post feeder he was. He's not a guy that you want out there 20 no. minutes a game anymore. Mm-mm. Against good teams, it's not what he right, is. But right. there is a role for that kind of guy, that tough guy, that guy yes. that's going to come in there and mix it You're up. You're not going to go looking for it, but if it happens, you want him on your side. Their last game two years ago, when things were shut down in 2020, and him nose-to-nose with that guy from Illinois. Uh-huh. That's, they were, but that's a picture tweet. Yeah, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's just vivid memory of that, and that kind of guy just being yep. in the middle of it. There's a role. Absolutely. He has not turned out to be a top 150 player as no. he was rated coming out of high school. True. But you can find a role for him. And the great thing I think also about Connor is I think he understands that. He yeah. knows that at this point in his mm-hmm. career, he's not playing 30 minutes a no. game. But he'll take that role. Last night, eight rebounds. Yeah, and the baseball career, it never took the, the paths that a lot of folks thought it was going to do as well. Right. Yeah, you're right, Trent. Rebounded the ball well. Um, there's, a, there's absolutely a role for this guy. Good to see Peyton Sanford getting uh, getting his opportunities yesterday and and knocking them down. It was a good team win, mm-hmm. another good team win. Uh, playing defense, Iowa State. Um, it's early in the basketball game. Clones are up. I don't know twelve fourteen and seemingly going to pull away. Although it was a little closer uh, at, at halftime than it was, but I don't know what how much time's left up. But who's rolling on the floor trying to get a loose ball? Isaiah Brockington. <laughs> Every time. And got the loose ball and got it to a wide-open teammate. Uh, I think it was Enaruna underneath the basket. Um, (laughs) These are two fun stories, Trent. We're going to get to 2022 looking at this basketball season totally different than we kind of anticipated. We thought it was going to be a rough year. It was. And those winners where both teams are not very good, Mm -hmm. they're rough. Yeah, kind of are. Yeah. We've, we've gone through it, uh-huh. and it's not exactly fun. And then you're searching for the, is Drake good? No. Is you and I good? We've got to find something here. Not going to be the case this year. They're going to be, at the very least, interesting. Not going to be great, I don't think. I still think Iowa State's got something coming. You know, ultimately. Yeah, Baylor. <laughs> right. Are, are they ultimately even a top 25 team? I don't think so. But a top you know, six seed in the NCAA tournament. I think that's the way they're trending right now, mm-hmm. right? That's the way they're trending. Just get in. 
Right. This is all this is all found money. This is house money what you're playing with right now. This wasn't supposed to be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, you the point Bet Rivers they, Two and they a half. take bets for a living. Right? Two and a half conference. Two and a half. Wins. Come on, they're gonna blow by that. Absolutely blow by that. Um Remarkable what T.J. Otzelberger has done, and then Aruna just asked, uh, "He had a hell of a game yesterday." Yeah, we're, well, is yesterday he ever, is he ever going to be able to score? Yeah, puts up nineteen to ten. Yeah, yeah. We, um, you know, as I think back on our show yesterday, look, we didn't make up the fact that Sunday tickets the only place you're going to be able to watch this game. No, you said you were watching the Red Zone. I was watching Red Zone Sunday late afternoon window. Yeah, Inter Siciliano pops it up on the screen. Both games, one available on seven eleven, the other on seven fourteen. Exclusively, exclusive. I heard Siciliano say this: unless you're in a home market, the only place you can watch these games is with Sunday Ticket. Right. Flip on seventeen last night. There it is. And I was glad to see it. I was glad sure. to be wrong. But Trent, here's how bad it was bungled up. So, um. The game that was not was well, seventeen had the Rams and the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. So I went as we said yesterday. I it's a helmet game. It's Washington. It's the Eagles, and I'm settling in to watch that one. Um, and here's it's eight o'clock, and this message pops up on my screen. Screen goes screen game goes away. Got the audio, mm-hmm. but the picture was gone. This showing is past its purchase window. Press select on other showings for for your upcoming game. Well, it didn't, there was no other show. Right. You are trying to order a pay-per-view event that has already run much of the broadcast time to protect you from being charged <laughs> with the event mostly over. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to allow this to happen to protect you. Well, Directv, if you looked at my account, I have had the Sunday ticket since 1997. Okay. You don't need to protect me. I've already paid for it. Right. But it goes away. Trent, it's inevitable when we get these instances when a game has to be moved into the week or for whatever reason um, you're waiting for your game to start. A game runs over in, in your market and the late game doesn't get to start. You flip over. Well, why would DirecTV be showing? Sunday tickets still cannot figure this out. They cannot figure it out. So I didn't see un- until the Rams-Seahawks game came to its conclusion and they switched over to that game but anyways folks we gave you bad information we did but we gave you the best information that we had uh it all worked out well and as soon as i saw it on channel 17 i tweeted it um because you know some people out there wouldn't have well they said it's not on 17 i don't get sunday ticket i'll have to do something else unbelievable eagles do we put them up there with the Vikings? We we're talking about that man, that team that could make a yeah. run. The football team, Trent. They, had, I mean, they had Garrett Gilbert. Mm-hmm. It wasn't awful in the he first wasn't. half, uh, but so many guys. They had such a decimated injury uh, a roster, rather to begin with, and then they ha- they had a bunch during the game. Do we put the Eagles? What's the reindeer of this? Well, I know they they all stay in the NFC East, right? Isn't the NFC East at a point where they're just playing each other for the last three weeks? Eagles have remaining Giants. Back to the football team again. And Cowboys. And the Cowboys. Yeah. Giants win. Football team win. Cowboys, will they need it? Right. That very well could be 3 0. That puts them at 10 so 7. To your, to your question, I would say yes. Look out for the Eagles getting in. Because are the Vikings running the table? No, they've got their, their schedule's too tough. So they got Green Bay this week. They, Green Bay. Uh, Rams this week. Then. Rams, Green Bay. Yes. And then Bears they finish home. in Bears, or home to the Bears. That's not easy. Uh, I'd rather have the Eagles schedule. Yes, absolutely. 
though they're divisional games. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts, there's times you watch him. He, he looked just, good yesterday. And you wow. Yeah. And then there's those moments. What is he doing? Mm-hmm. Now, I can't help you out after 8 o'clock because <laughs> <but laughs> I wasn't going to listen to the game. Right. Um, I just paid more, more attention. More Tuesday to the football. Can we get more Tuesday it football? Was, and it, not crappy action. Yeah. Real football. Well, it's time for crappy action. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it's, it's, I mean, I hate the circumstances that put us in this, uh, in this spot, but. Or a doubleheader on Monday, right? That was that's pretty good too. Double dip on Monday. Um, well, we've got a bowl game tonight. We've got we do. Army Mizzou tonight. You're interested in that one? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing else on. Well, there's basketball, but they're not a very good slate of games. I looked. Give me the marquee game of the night. There, there's a game at eight o'clock. Arizona, Tennessee. Is that eight o'clock tip? Yes. Yeah, that's the one I must be thinking of. At Tennessee, true yes. true road environment. And so Arizona's off to a really good start. Yes. You got the Hawaii tournament going on. You and I plays this afternoon. They're game one against Liberty. Where's that at? I mean, te- television wise, do we? Uh, is there any? You, I want to say. Oh, good. For the Panthers today. Okay. Yeah. So they'll be on, and basically all their games will be on the ESPN properties they mm-hmm. play in Honolulu. Yeah, ESPNU for the Panthers at 2 this afternoon. They are a... Oh, I don't have a point spread for this one. Got to find that here. Liberty's pretty good. Are they? Tournament team, uh, at least recently. Yeah, I have to dive a little bit deeper. They're 7-4 and four on the season. We'll get a point spread here, though, before uh, we wrap things up. That might be part of my plays here today. Well, you've got a bowl game today. And what's that number? Army, the number's going up, you said? Up to a touchdown now. And that, wasn't it three? Didn't it open yeah, lower right. field goal? Yep, right in that range. And it just, it's been nothing but Army money. Well, the easiest handicap of this game. What does Army do? We run know. the football. They run the football. Right. What Missouri can't stop. They can't stop to run. They're terrible. I mean, they're awful at it. And motivation-wise. Yeah. And looking for that motivation. Army coming off the loss to Navy. They're 3-0 and in this bowl game since they've ever uh, made this connection and, and had this bowl destination for them. And Mizzou, an SEC team, yeah. going to be getting cut block all game long. Right. Uh, how many of those guys really We have to play it for the contest, but I, I have zero opinion on this game. As like none. Well, you only throw a buck on it then. I mean, you don't have yeah. to. You don't have to bet everything, right? Don't thought, have to bet I thought a certain the rules percentage. say you have to. No, and don't have to bet a certain percentage or anything. Bet a dollar. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do. Don't got a strong opinion. Do you, do you have an opinion on it? No, not really. Not I'm, at seven. At seven, I'm almost t- tempted to take Missouri, or move it to seven and a half and take Mizzou. Right. Did you see them play? I did not see them play once. I saw them play in September against Boston College. Had a wager on that one. Must have. That's the only reason you're watching it. <laughs> BC Mizzou was not exactly at the top of my viewing window, right. but it was up there that day. Uh, yeah, don't know a whole lot I about know Mizzou. nothing about Kinda them. Kind of out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. For all the Kentucky football that you watch, no <laughs> yeah. Mizzou, though. I, you know, yeah, I'm trying to think that I I don't know if they... Well, I don't recall. They're both them. in the East. Yeah, but so they obviously played each other, right. but... I don't remember watching that. Anyways, uh, Iowa State, Trent, are you, are you sitting down? Yes. Iowa State put out a football depth chart. Yes. I mean, thank you, I right. guess. Yeah. Uh, it only took four months. It's, they put one out in August, and yep. they got around to putting out another one here uh, today um, in, in advance of their game against Clemson. We're grateful for it. Uh, the guys that aren't playing, they took them off, and they moved some backups, I think, into some um, listed being li- listed second on the depth chart. Hunter Zenzen behind Jake Hummel. 
Do you remember Zen Zen in any games? I don't. No, I do not remember seeing number 40 bouncing around I don't either. Uh, Kendall Jackson uh, is behind Mike Rose. I do remember him. Mm -hmm. We we saw Frailer. We both love Frailer's game. Uh, Craig McDonald uh, is going to start in the football game. So there are a couple of changes. I mean, the one that jumps off the page, first of all, your eyes go to RB, right? Right. And number 28's not listed, uh, as we know. But Jirel Brock is going to get his opportunity because we recall when these two guys came in, well, you know what? I'm not sure. Brock might be the guy. Right. No, no, no. It's all, well, I don't know. And some recruiting services had Brock rated higher. Uh-huh. And they went with yeah. the right decision. They did. And Brees Hall. They did. Made that one easy. Also, I'm interested to see those two running backs, the young guys, too. With mm-hmm. Eli Sanders and Deion Silas, two guys that certainly had some buzz themselves. Yeah. Caught, saw a couple of moments of each of them, but right. you know, didn't how five many games touch did they something play? Because like they both played, right? I don't know because of special teams. You know, if they got in there more yeah, than I the either. requisite what three mm-hmm. games, you can play up to four. Right, they'll be playing in this one. I think they both pushed past that number, if I remember correctly. I, I'm not. I'm not certain. I remember asking Michael Swain. I don't remember the answer. But, uh, yeah, you would anticipate seeing, uh, seeing some of those guys. Jalen Knoll, Daniel Jackson, uh, they're 1-2. Um, what else kind of jumps off the page? Well, those are the, those are the main ones. But it was just yeah. it's good to see it is. a depth chart uh, put out by the Cyclones as they get set to take on Clemson. Uh, I have, we've said this a number of times, maybe just to each other during a break or whatever, just the lack of buzz for both schools' bowl game. I would love to know the travel numbers. Yeah. Is it going to be? It's not going to be for Iowa State like the Alamo Bowl No, was. no way. I, I, I would be surprised if that's the case because, Trent, there was, there was message board, there was Twitter chatter uh, about these bowl games, but there hasn't been this year. You've been to Orlando recently. That also plays in. Mm-hmm. You kind of did that trip mm-hmm. when they played Notre Dame a few mm-hmm. years back. So that one was crossed off. You're going to do a family trip. And also think so many Cyclone fans, they went to Vegas. Yeah, They kind of spent their holiday money and, <laughs> and maybe their vacation money uh-huh. that they were going to use for a bowl game now. And now all of a sudden you've got to keep some of that fun for some people. Uh, you got to, you know, Thinking you got Kansas budget. City. Yeah, Kansas City, March Madness. Uh-huh. Uh, all of a sudden the, uh, the Hilton South might be a thing this year. Right. Uh, certainly wasn't last year. Um, yeah, I just don't sense it. I oh, really don't. And Iowa... Back in Orlando for the first time since after the 2004 season, mm-hmm. but just not a whole lot there. Have you been to Orlando? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. went there. Well, I've been to Orlando a lot of times, but yeah. yeah, I was there for the Capital One Bowl. I was in the press box for oh, that one. nice. And no cheering, of course, in the press box. Right. There was, there was some cheering that well, was happening. Well, you had to too. at the end. Maybe not cheer, but gasp. Well, I was a bit. young broadcaster at the time, so I shut my mouth. I did not uh-huh. say a thing, but just a, a gasp. As the play unfolded there, and then right. watching the pandemonium that, that was, was happening around the stadium, and the beer that was sloshing around. Oh my gosh! Warren Holloway never before had scored a touchdown yeah. in his career, and never will he have to buy. Speaking of beers, a beer <laughs> right. uh, in Iowa City. I'm guessing that's still the case to this day. Uh, that was an unbelievable finish. My gosh! And a loaded LSU team. Oh, geez, I'll say from the head coach on down. Right. That roster, absolutely yes. amazing. And they, Iowa controlled that football game for the first two and a half quarters, mm-hmm. and then got away. kind of woke up. Yeah, got away from them. Put the right quarterback in the game. Yeah. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, wasn't bad. Now, it didn't work out at the next level. No. But uh, what's your favorite bowl game you've ever covered? Oh, uh, How many have you been to? Over five to cover? Yeah, I've yeah. been to both Orange Bowls, been to an Alamo Bowl, been to Orlando, been to Tampa a bunch of times. Yep. 
Uh, San Antonio was special. And it was, maybe it was the timing also involved. So what, so what do you talk, 2001? 2001, yeah. Kyle McCann? Kyle McCann. Yeah. Kading with the field goal. It was the first bowl game that I've ever been to, mm. so that was something too. Just me and four buddies, four mm-hmm. other buddies hopped in a car and drove down there, kind of last minute made the decision to make the trip. So maybe that was a part of it too, but San Antonio is such a great destination It's too. a fun city, yeah. Just the way that it's mm-hmm. set up, how close everything Perfect. is. It was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was kind of one of those perfect kind of trips. But I'll tell you, that first Orange Bowl, though, that was one of the most ridiculous things I have ever seen. The, the estimates, USC game? Yeah. yeah. Were, what, 48,000 Hawkeye fans Jeez. that were there. I remember reading the uh, Miami Herald one of the mornings, just baffled by the whole thing. Never they seen were anything. baffled? Yeah. The, Never seen anything huh. like this before for an Orange Bowl and wow. going on and on talking about it. But just to lead up to that game, what a special season mm-hmm. it was for Iowa I saw people that I hadn't seen since my freshman year that like lived on my dorm floor. Oh, here's this person over here. And just everywhere you went, from a random great uncle I hadn't seen in 10 years to somebody from my freshman year, and on and on and on. All the people, the build-up, the opening kickoff, and then... Yeah. <laughs> went well, and then the, the, the entire game, there's a guy that uh, ended up doing... Um, uh, dandruff shampoo commercials riding the bike and never got off of it the entire time because <laughs> Troy Palomalu could not answer the bell in that game. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Boy, they were loaded, that team. Yes, they were. Loaded. And at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. they were knocking on the door. I was knocking on the That's a big they play. They scored a touchdown there. Huge. And Did Katie miss that field goal, too, on top now, of it? Now, you know what? I don't recall that point. I just remember it being, oh, my gosh, if they're that close, you've got to score. And they didn't get in the end zone. Right. And then the second half happened, and the running yeah. game got going. Mm-hmm. Was it Fargus? Yeah. Yeah. He was great. It wasn't Carson Palmer. No. I mean, he was okay, but yeah. yeah. It was, yes. it was Fargus. Right. What, his dad was on Chips? Is that right? He was a, he, he was an actor. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Chips. So um, I, I only covered the second Orange Bowl, and I've been to- okay. you know That one sucked because it was cold. It was awful. <laughs> awful. We were on the- John Miller and I were doing WHO in the afternoon, uh-huh. and we were on top. What the hell? It was a, it's a huge bar with a pool right below. Anyways, um, and it was freezing. But my favorite, I mean, it's the Rose Bowl by a mile, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a tear in my eye seeing it for the first time. Game stunk, because we know. <laughs> right. Um, but just getting to the Rose Bowl, just seeing the bleachers for the parade. Right. Just seeing everything. Trent, honest to God, this was an event in the Miller house as a kid mm-hmm. the, because mom and grandma watched the parade. They couldn't care less about the game. I'm not even sure they knew there was a game. But the parade, for whatever reason, resonated in the Millers in Winnipeg in the 60s. So I've been watching, aware of that game as a little boy, right? And then seeing it, oh my gosh. It's like Churchill Downs when I saw it for the first time. But we're losing that with the bowl games now. Yeah, it's not the same. It's it? not going to be the same. No. That's why they have to expand the playoff, because I'm, I'm convinced there will be fewer opt-outs if you're a playoff team. No doubt. Well, look at what's happening right now, the two playoff games. Have you heard of anybody no, opting not out? not a soul. They're not not going a soul. To. Not a soul. They're not Absolutely going to because right. they're playing for a national yep. championship. Yep, and it means a lot. Look, Alabama's all back. I'll boost it. Michigan today, as a team, mm-hmm. is going for their... They understand. They want this game to, to happen. And... You think Tyler Goodson's sitting out if they're playing in the no, I five, don't. twelve game? Absolutely don't. I don't think Brees Hall is. No, absolutely. I, think, not. I don't think Brees Hall is is, is going. And, I, and if he would, I would still get it. But at the same time, I could understand the angst that the arrows that would have come back his way. The Bulls have been 
not relegated to meaningless, but they kind of are trending in that direction. And ultimately, really, looking back, that's kind of what they always have yeah. been in a certain stance, but it's, it's gone a, to another level. It, it really has. It, it really and truly has. You know the bowl game that Rick uh, – that, um, Maybe sticks with me as much as any. Iowa State uh, versus Minnesota in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible game. NFL Network. NFL Network had it, but just the the Iowa State fan base. I mean, you mentioned the Orange Bowl and forty eight thousand people down. I don't know what the attendance was, um, but clone fans to see what, what was it called? Was it the Insight Bowl? I think it was. I think time, it was yeah. the Insight Bowl. Just to see their passion to follow their. I'm guessing they were probably six and six. Mm-hmm team to take on Tim Brewster and the Gophers. Um, and the game was 10-9 and there was it was played at the Sun Devil Stadium. And but boy oh boy, they they had an event the night before um, and it was just packed. Iowans packed. love love to travel. Yeah, they do. Love to follow their team. Absolutely. Well, we're going to um, follow Joe O'Donnell all the way to the Twin Cities. Although he's in Philadelphia, he's taken advantage of, a, of the uh, break as well, and he's gone to visit some family for Christmas. So we're going to catch up with a real good guy, a guy that we're very happy for that is fulfilling uh, a dream of being able to call uh, NHL hockey and do so with the team that um, he worked for for a long time. In the minors, worked his way up. He's now the radio voice of the Minnesota Wild the first place team in the central division of the NHL. And on January 1st, yes, there's a lot of bowl games. Yes, there's a pretty big basketball game at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, but there's also a hockey game on Channel 13, I'm assuming. We'll, uh, they'll have that one, the Blues and the Wild Outdoors Target Field. The game sold out. You cannot get a ticket. Well, you can on the secondary market. I wonder what they're going for. Oh, 150 Do you think to get into yeah. that? Yeah. Probably something like that. Be a pretty cool event to see. Yes, absolutely. Anyways, we will uh, come back with Joe O'Donnell. A lot of ground to cover with him. The Olympics have been shut down. No NHL participation there. The NHL has been shut down. And Joe's getting to call an outdoor game, and we'll catch up with a friend of a lot of the media folks here in Des Moines and a guy who did a really nice job in his time trying to grow the wonderful sport of hockey. Miller and Condon are underway on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. On the go. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Welcome back to Boyne Sports Station. Thank you, Stomp and Tom Connors. I'm going to guess a fine Canadian lad. He, you, would be, you would be guessing right. Indeed he is. Or was. I believe he's passed. Uh, Joe O'Donnell. Let's get to him. He's the voice of the good old hockey game in the Twin Cities, the voice of the Minnesota Wild. Hello, Joe O'Donnell. Trenton Ken. How are you? Hey, fellas. Great to hear from you. Good to talk to you, my friend. Very happy for your success. And uh, the little nugget that you passed on that you will indeed be calling the uh, the Winter Classic, the Blues and the Wild. Tickets are all gone. Target Field on New Year's Day. What a thrill, Joe O'Donnell. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped, guys. Uh was not originally one of the games I was going to do. Um, you know, I'm doing all the road games, about half the home game. Um, and Bob Kurtz was originally slated to do that Winter Classic game. But he... Uh, 
changed his mind or <laughs> whatever, um, that he felt I should get the opportunity. I'm very grateful for that. He's such a humble guy and very thoughtful. And yeah, man, I'm pumped. It's going to be a lot of fun. Got to figure out how many layers of clothes to wear. And <laughs> other than that, call the game because it's my understanding our broadcast location is going to be outside pretty wow. much on the ice. On the That's ice, great. oh, that is awesome, too. Buzz up there has got to be palpable, not just with this team, but also mm-hmm. getting the Winter Classic, getting it at Target Field, just on and on and on. This team, 20 years of existence, kind of been waiting for this kind of moment, and it feels like, at least right now, it's still December, long ways to go, but the Minnesota Wild are on the precipice, maybe of something pretty special. Yeah, this is a it's a fun team, Trent. They're never out of a game. They, they show up every night. Uh, it's a fun team to be around. They seem to have that good sort of locker room vibe and chemistry and it's translated on the ice so far i mean i know winless in the last four heading into this little extended holiday break but uh to be leading the division and and really have played a good brand of hockey despite having some injuries and a couple of minor little COVID issues with guys out here or there um been mostly healthy mostly found some good fortune um and they've taken advantage of it uh joe you said you're never they you said they're never out of it i i don't recall ever seeing a team uh, that comes back with the goalie pulled from two goal deficits <laughs> more uh, in a season, let alone a half a season, not even a half a season, uh, because it seems like three or four times they've come from behind two goals with the goalie pulled to either tie it up and at least get a point or in some cases win the darn thing. It's remarkable, Joe. Yeah, and they've. I think they're leading the league now with 10 goals when their goalie's pulled, so what we call like a six-on-five or a six-on-four extra attacker goal. Um, it's it's remarkable. I think last year St. Louis led the league with nine of them in 56 games, and the Wild have done it here 30 games in. They've already <laughs> surpassed that. So uh, the other night, you know, in Dallas, they lose that game, but Dean Evison pulled Cam Talbot with 9:20 on the clock. Saw that. Yeah. Um, I've never heard. I mean, I've never seen make, that before, Joe. That that would even make Patrick Waugh blush a little bit. Remember when he came in, Kenny, and was taking over the avalanche behind their bench. He sort of made this posh in the NHL, pulling the goal with five and six minutes left. Right. Like, you know, people were gasping at that. Um, not to go too far down memory lane, but once upon a time, I worked with Kevin Constantine, who coached in Houston. He's a former Sharks head coach, Penguins bench boss. He's uh, coaching the junior ranks, you name it. He would pull the goalie regularly with eight, nine minutes to go. Mm. I don't want to say regularly, but it wasn't something that was not in his bag of tricks. Uh, heck, he'd even pull the goalie right before the shootout if he felt the other guy was better at shootouts. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, sometimes coaches have their buttons to push, and the way this wild team plays with the empty net behind them is remarkable. They they seem to ratchet up the desperation and and talk possession, and yeah, it's worked for them so far. It didn't work the other night in Dallas. They were down six three when they tried it, but um, what do you have to lose at that point? I guess the mentality. No, it makes sense. So, so Joe, the Olympics uh, are are off this year, sadly for the NHL players. Yeah. They will not uh, head to to the Olympics. Um, how many guys on the Wild did, does that affect? I got to think uh, Kaprizov for sure was going to play. Eric Sinek yep. uh, is going to would would uh, lace them up for Sweden. Um, I don't know. Are, are there any more? And that has to be such a blow because it is such a special event and something that the NHL players really look forward to and were longing to participate in because we recall they couldn't do it last year or the last time the Winter Olympics were held. How big of a blow and how many uh, how many Minnesota Wild players does it affect? So I think it would also affect Jonas Brodin, uh for Team Sweden in addition to the okay, guys you yep, mentioned. Yep. Uh, you know, Kevin Fiala's uh, Swiss descent. I don't know 
you know, I know he spends his summers in Sweden, so I don't know if he has a, a dual residency or if he would just be a, a Swiss-born um, player, you know, for, for their team. But, yeah, I think a handful of guys, certainly. I mean, I, I would make an argument for Marcus Bellino or Ryan Hartman for Team USA. Yeah. I mean, Bill Guerin's the GM. He sees these guys every night. And Bill Guerin stressed, you know, putting together a team, if you will, not just the best talented, you know, the most talented players. So I think a handful of guys, to answer your question, probably – um, had a shot. Nico Sturm would have probably been on Team Germany um, on the German squad. So yeah, a handful of guys. I, I feel for the guys that are older. You know, if you're mm, yeah. two years of age and and you know now you got to wait maybe four more years. Selfishly, I'm I'm hoping they just push the Winter Olympics and next Me year too. the NHL can't participate. But I know they you know the IOC's got bigger fish to fry than just the the game of hockey. But yeah, definitely uh, frustrating and. But with this break in the calendar now, you know, they'll, they'll be able to uh, hopefully make up some of these postponed games. Is that the plan then, just what's been postponed here, that three-week stretch that, that was supposed to be off? Yeah. They're just going to put games in there and, and figure out the schedule from there? Yeah, it sounds like just after the NHL All-Star game, which is scheduled to be in Vegas uh, the first weekend in February, there's like a, a 16-day gap there that they're planning to, to fill all these holes. The Wild right now would have three home games they would need to make mm-hmm. up. And then potentially this uh, this coming Monday, you know, Minnesota is scheduled to play in Winnipeg on Monday night. Mm-hmm. That's the first day sort of back after this extended holiday break. But that cross-border travel is yeah. certainly uh, a little interesting right now with the Winter Classic looming. There's a lot of rumbling around the Wild organization that uh, obviously the NHL wants to keep St. Louis and Minnesota as as bubble-eyes as possible um, because, you know, they would hate to have the Winter Classic with all the money and television rights and stuff at stake there be compromised because either of those teams, you know, is really shorthanded or what have you. Yeah, excellent point. Speaking of the Winter Classic, I, I know it's scheduled for a 6 o'clock puck drop. Have they ever had the Winter Classic at night? I just think I of all those think games so around, you know, noontime, our time. Is this the first night yeah. game for this? I think it is. I know they've had other outdoor night games, um, but I think this is the first Winter Classic. And awesome. If you remember back last year, Trent, that game in Lake Tahoe between the Flyers mm-hmm. and the Bruins, that they had to stop early in the first period and play then like six hours later right? Uh, because the sun was melting the ice. So uh, mm-hmm. it's not as nice as it'd be to have that sun warm you up a bit. Uh, if you have melted ice, it's just a disaster. So I think... You know, once the sun goes down, they don't have that concern to worry about. I think that's the reason for the 6 o'clock local puck drop. Joe, you you paid your dues uh, in, in the minor leagues, um, you know, wait, waiting for your opportunity. It came. Biggest difference you notice from, you know, from AHL travel uh, to now being in the show and, and traveling uh, with, with the big club. Is that a noticeable difference? The hotels are nicer. The pillows are more comfortable. Um What's the biggest difference, Joe? Kenny, if we were in person, you could see the smile on my face right now. I think you'd have your answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I flew commercial back to Philadelphia yesterday, spent some time with family over Christmas, and I wanted to be like, what's this all about? I mean, I got to sit next to somebody. I don't yeah. have a first-class seat. There's no food on the plane. Like, what's this all about? So, uh, yeah, it's been nice. Listen, um, I'm very grateful uh, to be in the spot I am and thankful for the Minnesota Wild. It does feel rewarding to to finally get to the, mm-hmm. you know, the game's highest level after 16 years in the minors. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the charter flights, the bus pulls right up to the plane, uh, the meals, the mm-hmm. hotels. You know, I'm used to the Courtyard Rockford, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, the Courtyard Marriott <laughs> yeah. in Rockford, and uh, 
And and when I'm in the JW Marriott, I, I don't see those courtyard signs. Yeah, <laughs> it's been nice, guys. Hey, what's a game in Seattle like? An expansion city oh. is it pretty good? Is it a pretty big event? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing: people talk about Vegas. It's unreal. T-Mobile Arena. If you're a hockey fan, go to a game at T-Mobile Arena. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle was awesome, and it's a fun city with the fish market and all those things, but. Vegas is as, as advertised, and the games we were there weren't even – I mean, they were probably sold out, but it wasn't a playoff game. You know, I, I couldn't imagine a conference final or a Stanley Cup final mm. in that game. I mean, the, the sound system alone, the base – the building shakes. Literally, the yeah. press box feels like it's shaking when they're just playing music before the game. So, Jeez. atmosphere like that um, is pretty special. Have you – Have you? I, I'm trying to think of the wild schedule. Have you uh, got to Toronto or Montreal yet? Because I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on those two. No, I'm looking forward to those, Kenny. Um, in fact, right after the Winter Classic, we're supposed to go to Ottawa and then mm-hmm. Boston. That'll be a fun trip. Um, obviously, there's a few on the East Coast I really want to get to, but Toronto and Montreal are – Two venues that I'm really looking forward to as well. We haven't gotten there yet, but we did do Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, did do a game in Edmonton, which was awesome to watch McDavid and Dry Cycle. Something. Uh, yeah, so it's it's been a lot of fun so far from a, a personal standpoint. The team, they make it easy. Yep. It's been an exciting team all year. Uh, Joe, you uh, uh, ha- couldn't be happier for you, Joe O'Donnell. Really, uh, really um, uh, envious of your spot and glad that you've reached the pinnacle uh, of the sport. Uh, and it's fun. They're, they're a first-place team. There's a connection here in Des Moines, obviously. And, and we think uh, that we're going to be imposing on you as the playoffs go on because this certainly is, looks like a team that's built to. Uh, well, if they uh, they'll have to get to Colorado at some point, and they still the 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 Lanch still look incredibly difficult. So uh, Gesselson uh, reached out to me wants a heads up next time you're on his airwaves. He said as he kind of <laughs> owns things over here at KXNO for the Wild. Yeah, he does. He's he, hey, he's in charge now. Yeah, so, uh, he's doing a nice hey, job I, too, Joe. He's a good man, good kid. Yeah. He's talented, worked yep. hard, uh, really happy for him, and he's in a great spot. But, guys, thanks for having me on. I hope you have a great Christmas and Happy New Year. And Kenny, you got to get your running mate, Trent, to an NHL game up in the Twin Cities. I mean, you, you guys let me know. I will take care of you. I know you will. Uh, I was looking at the little, schedule, uh, looking at April maybe, uh, maybe a double dip with that in a Twins game. I'm, I'm already trying to make this go. thing work. Absolutely. There you go, a little Miller, Miller and Condon road trip. I'm like all it. for it. Joe, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Look forward to catching up with you in 2022. Happy for happy for you and Happy New Year to uh, to all your family, Joe. Thank you, bud. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Joe Donnell, good guy, voice of the Minnesota Wild, living a dream. April 22nd, I think, is that weekend. Put it on the calendar. April 22nd. I think they play the Kraken at home on Friday night. I'm looking at it right now, they do. And then the Twins, don't remember who they play, but they play, they're play. they at home that weekend. Is that on Saturday? Masters on is over. Yep. Roadshow. Okay. Maybe a stop in North Iowa with our <laughs> friends from Circa. Oh, Invite some of the people to, from Minnesota uh, down. Now you're thinking. I'm thinking. Wheels are turning over here. <laughs> uh, we're scheduled to have Kenny White uh, from KennyWhiteSports.com. Hope we do. Not certain that we will. Um, anyways, we'll come back. We do know that we have David Kaplan to kick off our number two. Centurion Stone sponsors Miller & Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station. 106. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
get right to Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Off to Vegas, we shall go. We're going to talk, we're going to bounce around a little bit here. How about that, Trent Condon? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to Kenny White, uh, first of all. Uh, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show. Starting to feel a little bit back to normal, finally. Yeah, you uh, tough day for you yesterday, but you, uh, you rolled up your sleeves and you made our television show better <laughs> yesterday, so we're grateful for that. Hey, let's uh, let's do the locals first of all. Uh, next week's a short week. I'm not sure we'll have time to discuss very much of anything. So let's uh, get Iowa State, Clemson, and then Iowa, Kentucky in here. Iowa State, no Brees Hall. First of all, because um, you, you keep a book on every player, not Having Brees Hall, what kind of adjustment in the number is Brees Hall, if any, to you? Uh, he's worth a point and a half to the betting line. But Drill Brock is going to be, a, I think, a big-time back. He averaged 5.7 yards a carry on the season, but he's going up against the Clemson defense. That's uh, Defense has gotten healthier over the years gone on, too. So it will be a challenge. will be a little bit of a drop-off. I do love the way Matt Campbell has his teams prepared. They look like they want to be in bowl games. Uh, they've proven that out. He's three and one ATS since he's been at Iowa State, and I don't think Clemson. I don't think this is the bowl game Clemson was dreaming about at the beginning of the season. So I don't know if a win here helps them, you know, get over the year or not. I, I think Iowa State is the much more motivated football team in this game. So I, I really like the Hawkeyes in this game. All right, so uh, going with that one, you like. Drabrell Brock, which is uh, good to hear, and certainly a guy that's going to have a lot of opportunities coming up in this bowl game. Ken's mentioned Kentucky in the matchup against Iowa. The Wildcats are certainly a squad that has been off to the great start, the loss to Georgia, and for me, out of sight, out of mind. Hawkeyes match up here with the Wildcats. What do you see? Yeah, another one where I you know go back and look at what Kirk Ferentz has done in bowl games and his teams are well prepared. Bowl games are all about motivation and who wants to play and who doesn't. And mm-hmm. it is amazing. The point spread very rarely comes into play in bowl games because of that factor. And Kurt Ferentz is nine and eight in his bowl game straight up, but he's eleven and six ATS in those games. He's won the last three. I just think he's got this program right now headed in such a great direction. And and, and Stoops does too. Mark Stoops on at Kentucky. What a great job he's done, and you know, all by himself. He didn't wasn't with his brothers at Oklahoma. Uh, he's done this in his coaching ranks by himself, and uh, he's built Kentucky into a uh, bowl program. And they've gone five straight years in a row now, so they will be a tough out. And uh, they've been very good. But I like the way Iowa's played. They won and covered their last four. Went over their last four. Um, only two and five ATS their last seven games. Uh, so they have underachieved a little bit, but that's because I think because they got off such a great start to the season. I think you see that uh, Iowa team that's going to be uh, uh, going after the turnovers, and I think they'll create a couple turnovers in this game. Obviously going to be very low scoring, some points at a premium. And when they're at a premium, boy, I'd rather be taking points than laying points. So I'll take the Hawkeyes plus three. Hmm. Kenny, you speak of teams' motivation. Um Army-Navy, that's their game for both of them. Army lost. They play tonight against Mizzou, and the point spread is going up. What kind of motivation does Army have after getting beat by Navy? How do you see this? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, but they are a military academy, and they these guys are trained not to have those ups and downs. and uh, They're trained to perform and be ready to go. I used to always love to be, not love to be, but I was betting against the military academies in bowl games because the opponent 
had three to four weeks to, to mm-hmm. practice against the spread option offense. And that that's a big advantage to be able to practice against that offense uh, for such a long time and be ready for it. So if you're you're ready to play gap football and assignment football and you you're disciplined, you you're going to shut that offense down. But it seems to me it's been different over the last you know five to ten years. The military academies have done very well in the bowl games. Um, I don't think there's a lot of motivation by the opponents maybe to play against the military academy. And uh, this might be a game that's what look, people are looking at that Army is going to be able to move the football on offense and drive it down the field against Missouri. So. I don't have a play in that game. I'm right on the number, but it should be an interesting to watch tonight. College football playoff, yet Cincinnati, Alabama in game one, Georgia, Michigan in the second matchup, Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, respectively. Do you have a side out of the two playoff games that you like the most? Anything that is uh, at the top of the list when we look towards the playoff? You know, they're always, these games are scary games uh, because teams peak at the end of the year and teams get so much better and it's amazing. I've seen, you see this in the NFL all the time. Where the point spreads, we're looking at point spreads all year long between three and seven, maybe up to ten. Every once in a while, we get double-digit favorites. But then you get to the playoffs, you expect every game between three and seven, and then all of a sudden, one team wins forty-two to three, and the next week, instead of being a seven-point favorite, they're a fourteen-point favorite. All of a sudden, and there's a huge knee-jerk reaction. Well, the same thing here. Alabama, if if they don't beat Georgia uh, by a big score last week, are they really a thirteen-point favorite over Cincinnati? I don't think so. They played one great game this entire football season, and I think the matchup goes to Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's mm-hmm. defense matches up a lot differently with, with Alabama than, than Georgia does. Georgia was fearsome because of their front four and their, their, their run defense, and they were so strong up front that they put so much pressure on quarterbacks, it made their secondary look good. But Bryce Young had time to throw, and he he took that secondary apart. Cincinnati, I actually think, has a better secondary than Georgia does. And I also think that Cincinnati throws the ball better than, than Georgia does. I think their quarterback, Ritter, is better than uh, Stetson Bennett. Um, I think he's a better dual-threat quarterback. So, yeah, I think Luke Fickle's built himself a nice program. We got a first, uh, a group five in. And we got a first ever that a 13 and 0 team is getting 13 points. <laughs> the most a 13 and 0 team has ever gotten was eight points, and that was an Oklahoma team that was 13 and 0. They did get crushed by uh, Oregon in the in the college football playoff, but uh, there was a couple other 13 and 0 teams that did very well getting points. We've got 90 seconds left. I want to save six of them for KennyWhiteSports.com. Uh, just let me give me 15 seconds. I love Utah in the Rose Bowl. Love them. Am I on the right or wrong side? Well, it you know it's the talent's a lot different. I um, Ohio State's far far the you know the, the talent level is completely different. There there's 20 NFL players on the Ohio State roster, and there's five or six on the on the Utah roster. So uh, talent level, Ohio State, major difference. I'm I'm making the game 14 and a half. But I'm not laying it because who knows what motivation. I said motivation's everything in these games. And in, in bowl games, the line really never comes into play. It comes into play about 12% of the time. So that means if you like the underdog, they're usually going to win that game straight up. And um, I could understand why because Utah's going to be far more motivated, I think, in this game than Ohio State. We talk about KennyWhiteSports.com, 20 seconds. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been great all year talking football with you guys, and uh, great. Uh, we've had great response this year at Kenny White Sports, and the site continues to grow. We've got a college uh, preview that's out, still good to go, and we got a college bowl package, seven picks, 
It's by the seven experts on the site for $99. Seven different games for $99, and all those games start after December 28th. It's a great Christmas present for anybody. If you're thinking about buying something for somebody that's hard to buy for, get them the seven-pick package at KennyWhiteSports.com. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Kenny White. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Yep, Merry good, Christmas. Good to talk to you. Dave, uh, David Kaplan next, 1460.